Welcome to the Scuff Podcast, where we talk about U.S. soccer. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Scuff Podcast's continuing coverage of the CONCACAF U-20 Championships. The U.S. made it all the way to the final, and we got the job done. A 6-0 decisive victory over the Dominican Republic sees us be the kings of CONCACAF, uh, both at the senior team level and now at the U-20 team level. On the 4th of July, it's a party. And so we have a few people here uh, to help me uh, share in the party. We have Vince, we have Matt Hartman, and all the way from South America, we have Adam Bells. Bells, how's it going? Uh, Welcome back to your ship. And... Let's just live it up while we can. Going so well. Uh, I got to say, it's just so much fun to see our teams play this way. See one of our teams play this way. Um, you know, even in the final, which we, you got to expect us to win. You got to expect us to beat the Dominican Republic. For us to come out and play just immediately with that relentlessness and sophisticated understanding between attackers of how to pass and move and the quality to execute all those ideas. Man, this is just so much fun and um this is a better u20 team than the ones i think we've covered in the past so credit to the players credit to mikey varas happy fourth of july yeah happy fourth of july uh this is uh one more reason to celebrate uh today and vince we know that you're great at celebrating we know that you're great at partying how uh how did this one come through to you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i mean yeah, uh, I'm just just extremely happy. Just extremely happy to see, you know, the the way these kids played. It, I mean, it, it like like I didn't think that uh 2019 U20 U20 experience could be topped, but uh yeah, they they smashed it. Uh, essentially, I mean, it, you know, they still got to do it in the World Cup or whatever, but but yeah, this is um I mean, I mean it's it's just fun. It, it, it's fun to see the kids do this, and then number two, it's just it, it's refreshing and um, encouraging to know that we have like a uniformed system through, throughout throughout the entire uh, throughout our t- entire setup. Now, you like you can see bare halter ball being played by these kids, and um, by, by by watching them play, you can kind of learn a little bit about what the senior team is supposed to be doing. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%, 100%. Um, and last but not least, Matt, how are you? And, uh, you know, some of these U20s that you've watched from, you know, a while back growing up are now, you know, ruling the region. Yeah, yeah, it's great to see. Um, yeah, I, like you said, I've been watching some of these kids for a long time. So to, to see all the pieces come together like this is exceptional, especially especially the, the brand of soccer they're playing. It, it feels almost surreal that it's, it was like less than a decade ago where I was watching this team and be like, okay, everybody just passed the ball to Lewis Gill. Lewis Gill. <laughs> it's the only guy who could potentially make something happen. And now we have a team where the technical ability is just off the charts. So yeah, I couldn't be any happier right now. Cause uh, you know, you know, the thing is, the thing is like, you know, it's not guaranteed that, these guys that these players would be able to play this way, you know, at a, at the elite level, you know, Jack McGlynn, for instance, what a joy to watch him play soccer. Can he do it at the speed of play that he needs to be able to do it at to play, you know, do it at like for the senior international team for senior national team. Uh, I don't know. But the fact that we have this baseline of U twenties who can play this way together 
is still remarkable, you know? And it, I feel like it's, uh, maybe I'm getting carried away, but I feel like it set, sets a tone for how everybody is going to play. And um, I, mean, I guess that's the, the part that's really exciting to me. Yeah, like a hundred percent. I feel you on that. And I think you can additionally say it wasn't just the fact that these guys got the job done, you know, in Central America, where we saw that even the senior team struggle a few times during World Cup qualifying. They did it in style. Never, no game was really ever in doubt as it got toward the end. Besides that Canada game, that was kind of the fluke. Like it was pretty awesome the entire way through, and that was pretty special to see. Um, so I will just dive into the timeline. I'll give the lineups, and we can uh, kick it off. Um, the U.S. lineup was uh, more changes, I think, than we had anticipated. Brady started in net uh, all but one game. He started for this team. Um, Noah Allen on the left, Brandon Craig in the center, Jalen Neal. Um, the other center back, and uh, Mauricio Cuevas on the right, finally, um, in the midfield. Alejandro Alvarado was kind of that six. Uh, Diego Luna and Nico Chikaris were the eights. And then up top, it was Tyler Wolf on the left, Paxson Aronson at the nine, and um, Jackson Hopkins on the right side. So the back line that we wanted, and Matt, everything else from that point on, got a little interesting, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... Very much not the team that we said at the end of the last pod that we wanted to see in this game. Um, I think it's our best possible back line, um, and that's really where the team kind of stops making sense um, from a pure, you know, you're going to attack, try to get win this trophy perspective. Um, and the only explanation, I think, is that Varus knew that the Dominican Republic was going to be out outmatched and saw this as an opportunity, opportunity to get some guys who hadn't played... Uh, all that many minutes involved. Um, the midfield three doesn't make a ton of sense if you are expecting a competitive game, just because there's no true six here, especially with how well Edelman had played in the last game. I think it would have made some sense to play him. Um, and then Hopkins and Wolf are capable professionals on the wing, but they're clearly a step down, at least in what we had seen so far in the tournament from uh, Quinn Sullivan and Caden Clark. So, at the end of the day, I agree with Varus uh, that any 11 we throw out should have got the job done. It was just interesting to see that he basically went full rotation. Yeah, and my, my thing is like, I like so so I kind of like it because it's it's just like if 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 you were gonna rotate, then I would do it this way where like you're keeping really like your four like leaders of the team in in, in each line, keeping Paxson in. You're keeping Alvarado in. You're keeping Craig in and uh, and Brady, right? So it's like you got you got you got your spine there, yeah. and then rotate around them. And um, you know, we, uh, people have been talking about this on the Discord with regards to like Tyler Adams. It's like if we're playing a team that's going to sit back, should Tyler Adams like be on the field? And I, I, I like uh, Mikey. Doing doing something a little creative here and putting Alvarado at the six because it's like, yo, you you know, there, there's not going to be that much danger coming from the, I don't know, Dominican Republic. They, do they have a soccer team nickname? But there, it's not going to be a lot of uh, you know, danger coming from DR necessarily. Um, so so I kind of I kind of like the move, and I think it's something that maybe potentially I would like to see from Greg Berhalter, but we don't got to get into get into that. I was going to say that's I'm fantasizing about that about Alvarado Alvarado as the backup six for the national team. I mean, we're a long ways from there, but <laughs> we'll get into it. But 
No, I think we will touch on Alejandro Alvarado's future prospects. But no, I, I, I do think that you there is something there, Vince. But I would say if we if it wasn't on Friday, like the last game, I would have started Danny Edelman again because he hadn't played much in the tournament. Like if it's on a three-day rest, I can see it. If it's on a two-day rest and he was tired, I think that's when it starts to get a little iffy because I thought Edelman's passing last game was pretty superb. Um, he had a few highlight reel balls too, but I, I, I think that he like, because of the two day rest, if he was tired, I can understand, you know, sitting him for Alvarado. And I don't think that Alvarado had a massive impact in this game, but I'm sure we're going to get into it. Uh, he had a few nice passes, but, uh, not much there. Uh, Matt, you kind of want to hit on some, you know, major points in the Dominican Republic lineup. Yeah, sure. So I'm not going to go player by player, but, um, I'll mention the, the key guys that they had out on the field. So they were captained by um, Sebastian Manon, who uh, plays for BlackRock FC in USL League Two. Um, Izzy Boatwright, Edson Azcona, and Angel Montes de Oca were the Dominican danger men throughout the tournament. Only Montes de Oca started uh, this game. Boatwright went off injured in their win over Jamaica. And it sounds like Azcona wasn't ready to go after playing every single minute of the tournament for the DR coming after coming into this game. Um, both Ascona and Boatwright are Americans and I think pretty easily could have made our roster. So um, it was nice to see them show out in the tournament. Montez de Oca is a midfielder who is good at arriving in the box to make himself an option on Dominican attacks, kind of like a true number eight. And the other player I want to call out is uh, Charwell Wabe, who is a defender for Real Oviedo who um, is capable of making stuff happen. So uh, they came out in a, in a five, three, two, five, two, three, perhaps it kind of switched around a little bit. And once I saw that they were playing five at the back, uh, which, you know, basically guarantees that the, their game plan was going to be to sit and counter. I kind of felt like any, any pessimism I had about not getting the W going into the game was over, was gone because as we've seen over the last couple of games, I think the way to play against this U.S. team is to make possession uncomfortable, and you basically just can't do that out of such a defensive formation. And uh, the DR had played in a four-back the entire tournament until now, and I don't think we're the team to test the new shape against. I I agree with that. You saw um, in the Costa Rica and Honduras games, their best moments came when they were really pressing, when they were trying to possess, and I don't think the Dominican Republic tried to do that even you know, once in the first half where they really tried to string anything together. It was all trying to hit quick um, in the moments that they could. And so as the game kicks off, uh, there wasn't a ton to talk about, but Bells, you saw some encouraging stuff. Yeah, I just thought that opening couple minutes was was a statement from the U.S. once again that uh, was pretty instructive and encouraging. D- the Dominican Republic got the ball first and tried to possess out of the back, but couldn't really do it. And they ended up lumping it a couple times, the goalkeeper. Bello did and the second time he did it it went out of bounds and we we got a throw in before 60 seconds had elapsed and from that throw in I didn't count up the passes but I think it was like a 20 pass sequence was our like basically our opening possession where everybody touches it pretty much Craig Alvarado Sakiris Cuevas Alvarado Luna Wolf Allen Luna Alvarado Neil then Neil switches it wide to Noah Allen on the left side, and then it's back to Alvarado, and we're cycling it again. Luna, Craig. Craig drives into the middle and switches it to the right to Cuevas, 
who then slips it to Hopkins, making a little in-out run into the corner, which is a little bit of a theme in the first half. And then Hopkins then lifts a pretty decent ball across the penalty area and draws um, draws a goalkeeper out to claim it. And there's a little bit of a collision. No, no shot registered, but still, just for us to come out out of the you know opening kickoff and immediately just dominate like that is uh man it's so cool it's so cool to see us do that even against a very you know with all due respect inferior opponent so that's my yeah that's my thought about the opening minute and i made a point similar to that where i you know comparing it with the senior team can lead you to you know down some rabbit holes but i think that one good comparative issue um, that at least with favors the U20 here is the senior team would start slow sometimes. Often we would be in the attack and not really be able to you know make anything happen. In this case, it was defensively for the U20s. Even though there wasn't a goal in the first 10 minutes like we had um, in the last two matches, they came out and they pressed and they worked you know on the ball, off the ball, and especially defensively to win it back. And they were absolutely suffocating. And we've, we've seen this... Um, for a couple games now and, and basically the entire tournament is this team being ready from the opening whistle and, you know, just raring to get after it. And that really, really was impressive to me. And you saw it here. And this, this is really what set the tone, even though it didn't uh, create a goal. Um, and so a few minutes in, uh, I think you mentioned it bells, uh, the, the Dominican Republic keeper rolls it out uh, to their left center back. And he kind of, he sees Hopkins in front of him and he clearly panics. He just kind of hits the ball right at Hopkins and then it just rebounds back to him, luckily, I think. And then he just plays it softly in the direction of the left back. Um, Securus easily steps in front um, with no pressure and drives toward the end line. He crosses into Hopkins. It somehow found its way through the defenders. Hopkins is basically open at the penalty spot. If he's able to get it down, he has a one-on-one with the keeper and his first touch is kind of all over the place. Um, you know, like we said... At it early, uh, good pressing, um, and then Hopkins just needs to do a little bit better, but a, a really encouraging moment uh, three minutes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like Bells mentioned, it was similar to the Honduras game in that our early energy just seemed to catch the Dominican Republic sleeping. It's great stuff by Securus to drive with the ball, and Hopkins probably just has to do a little bit better with, with his touch. Um, but it was the first of several moments where... Uh, it was clear that Hopkins doesn't quite have the ability to control the ball to the uh, same extent that our attackers do, but overall just exceptionally happy with, with how this team just steps on the gas pedal from the first minute. It kind of flashed. It, it, it was a quick chance. You know, it, it, I'm not going to say that it was easy because of the way that it got to those two defenders. It, it was lucky to even get to him in the first place, but I think when it gets to him, you expect him to do a little bit better than like a ten yard first touch, but yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, in the in the sixth minute, we kind of get our first taste of what um, Alejandro Alvarado doesn't kind of bring as a six. Uh, he gets beat to a fifty fifty ball, and uh, the the Dominican Republic is off running at our back line. Got a got an AVP situation. Um, the 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 player is just basically running at our back line and tries to slip a pass between uh. Neil and Craig and Neil does a does a good job to to step and clear that ball away and falls to Luna, who brings it down well and holds off a defender, lays it back to Alvarado, who then uh punches the ball up uh to Hopkins who lays it back, and then we 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 have actually a nice attack that ends up um in our box and kind of fizzing out at the end. But it was just kind of like the, the yin and yang of of what you get uh with 
Alvarado as a six. Like he 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 lost he lost a duel, which uh, you know. I mean, I mean, it is what it is. But once we uh, got the ball back, um, we were able to transition quickly um, through through his feet. So it's just you know both things that that he brings. Right. I, I think it's yeah. a, maybe a little harsh on Alvarado, um, just because it's a poor touch by Tyler Wolf um, that uh, kind of makes its way to Diego Luna, and then Diego Luna pokes it straight to a Dominican player, um, and the the whole sequence kind of just catches. Alvarado off guard who like most of us are is kind of used to the guys in front of him doing some cleaner stuff on the ball but I agree that it, it maybe a nor, more natural six like like Danny Edelman um kills that play sooner. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 like I said this is something that that I'm kind of okay with. Right. No, I agree. I, it's the give and the take, right? Like if you're going to have Alvarado there, this is going to happen. He's very skinny. Um, uh, in the eighth minute, some more great pressing by the United States. Uh, Chakaris wins it again, um, gets it to Alvarado. And this is where we see that passing uh, events. He hits a perfect 50-yard ball um, kind of towards two attackers that are making the same run, you know, vertically threatening the, uh, threatening the back line. Uh, Wolf touched it past the last defender, and it's basically him and Aronson to his right. The goalkeeper is kind of coming out at him, and he decides to take the bouncing ball to try and like chip it over the keeper and have it fall. Uh, it, it the keeper gets out in time, gets his hands to it. Uh, with Paxson to his right, I'm not sure that this is the right move. Paxson wasn't really wide enough for me on this one too, so there's a, a little bit of you know that kind of blame to go around, but. I feel like he could have created a higher opportunity chance just by passing the ball to Aronson. But um, uh, Matt, Matt, what's your take on this one? Yeah, I'd start off by by agreeing with you that it's it's an exceptional ball from Alvarado, and this is what you get, this is what um, you get from him when he's on the field, and why I think that um, you know he he's basically one of our two best players over the course of the tournament. And uh, you'll also love to see both Wolf and Aronson making that run for him, even if in the end, I think it might have complicated things that both of them ended up in the same space. Uh, if we're going to Monday morning quarterback it, I think Wolf, it, it, he probably gets the most XG out of this by trying to round the keeper to to the keep, to, um, to Wolf's left, which will kind of create a triangle with Paxton and the goal mouth. Um, give him the opportunity to take the shot if the goalie follows him or, or lay the ball off to Paxton who right. Wasn't as wide as he maybe should have been after, after realizing that Wolf um, was going to be the one who got the ball. But I think in the end, it's a relatively good shot and good save by the DR goalkeeper. Yeah. Just an outstanding pass from Alvarado. That that's a dime. I thought um, I just want to credit Wolf agree with everything you guys have said. Also just want to credit Wolf for getting, to that ball first, the way he stabbed that stabbed it out of the air to beat beat the defender to it on the bounce was um was awesome. Uh, a, not a not a given on a, in a situation like that. I I'm always for, I'm always for that for him to lay that off for Aronson though. You know, that's yeah. Wolf's got some they limits. Were kind of like holding hands a little bit though. Like I I, I think he should have laid it off too. But I would have liked to see Aronson get wider because. If something goes wrong, the goalkeeper is kind of there, and he can just make two steps to his left and probably cover a good part of the goal mouth. But I, I, I'm with you on that one, Bells. Um, we move on a couple minutes later, about 13th minute. U.S. wins the uh, ball back. 
again in the attacking or attacking third or so. Um, some more uh, really good pressing. Um, it's a theme. Uh, comes to Chakaris. He plays a one-two with Wolf um, on the edge of the box and fires a shot. It is caught by the keeper, but I wouldn't say it's a terrible shot in the end. Um, more pressing by the United States. Again, it, it's it's really really good stuff from our, our guys. Yeah, and it's a great moment that shows what this team is really good at, right? The, the DR tries to play the ball out from the back, and our pressure forces a series of 50-50 balls, and we come out on top. And that hard-nosed soccer is immediately becomes champagne football once we've established possession. And it's a quick one-two that leads to a decent chance. And like this is basically everything that we love about this team, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And at this point, Vince is basically playing our Alvarado tracker. Uh, do you want to take this one, Vince? <laughs> yeah, in the in the 14th minute, um, off of a goal kick in the in the ensuing uh, scramble that, that comes of it, um, we, we get a we get another 50 50 50 50 loss from Alvarado that ends up leading to a Dominican Re- uh, Republic set piece from 30 yards away. Um. Yeah, I'm, so like I said, I'm I'm just pointing these out um, to illustrate the trade-offs that Vars made. Like, like I said multiple times, I'm good with it, but just pointing out where um, a true six um, would maybe do better in these situations, which which is obviously not a given. Obviously not a given that somebody else would um, do better. But um, yeah, that, that's it. And and the thing is. They, they, there are no real limitations with Alvarado as a defender. I don't think he he presses like a madman. There's there's multiple times in this game where he's just running around like covering the entire width of the field, um, in in sequences. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really see any athletic deficiencies or anything like that. Like he'll he'll, he'll be fine. He's just playing in a uncomfortable place for him. Yeah, I I think yeah, he's just not instinctive at that job just yet, but um. But not all that bad at it either. I guess I caught, I caught, I don't know if they're exactly the same moments, but I caught two moments of him getting caught a little upfield in the in the first half. That probably wouldn't happen to an Edelman, but I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him try to keep trying the position. And it'll be fascinating to see how you know where he plays and how much he plays in Portugal this season. Yep. Yeah, I want to watch him more. He seems like a fun player to watch. Man, he seems awesome. Um. Uh, again, Vince, you pointed out, and uh, uh, and Bell's another good ball uh, to Cuevas. His passing is undeniable. Him and McGlynn, if those two in the midfield are just uh, chef's kiss. Um, and then in the yeah. 17th minute, uh, here's when the U.S. really kicks kicks it into gear. So we swing the ball around the back, gets to Cuevas. Cuevas on natural position now on the right. He played pretty well in this one, I thought. Um, he Hopkins is making a run down the right channel, and Cuevas hits him perfectly. Uh, so perfectly, in fact, that Hopkins is able to, you know, slow his run uh, when he gets when he gets to the ball and hit a first time cross. Uh, just pings it along the six. Um, Wolf makes a run, gets his head on it. Uh, between two defenders, nobody really on him. Um, it's a free header, and the U.S. leads one nil. And you know, it, it's a really good sequence in the United States. Pretty quick in the build up, and U.S. leads one nil. Um, and this was the sign of things to come. It's an excellent ball from Hopkins, but I, I don't know what the left back for the DR is doing here. He just get he just gets caught napping a bit. Um, pretty some yeah. pretty straightforward knocking around from the U.S. before Cuevas slides it into the channel for Hopkins. 
very like has a very good ball. You know, it gets to the it gets to the spot fast, so the keeper doesn't really have a chance to come out and claim it. It's just hit so sharply, and but also not so sharply that it's difficult to head in. And Wolf punches it in from point blank. I great for us to get the opening goal. We certainly deserved it, but it's a little bit of a, some, some soft defending there from the DR for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely, but. I just want to highlight the ball in from Hopkins because it really did get to the spot fast. It was basically like the perfect ball. And it's great to see that from Hopkins who has largely been a central player for DC over his youth career. So it's always cool to see guys who aren't necessarily used to being in that situation, show that kind of quality and the Hopkins inside out run behind the fullback is also excellent. Even if I'm also a bit confused as to what the Dominican Dominican Republic fullback is doing there. He left way too much space in behind, and it's a it's a pretty simple ball in from Cuevas in the end that basically puts the whole Dominican backline behind the play. Yeah, I I love the ball from Cuevas. I I think the ball that really made like the the one uh, playing the sequence that really made it count was Hopkins. Like that ball was absolutely unbelievable, like right to the head of Wolf. Um, and it, it was an easy task in the end for Wolf. So uh. When I was watching this play and thinking about like Hopkins uh, making this pass, I I just I just thought thought to myself like him being like a replacement player, um, that just got called up once once Obed was injured, and I was thinking to myself about the last U twenty cycle, and I'm like, man, can 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 Justin Rennix make this pass? Like even even right now, <laughs> you know, I was just I was sitting there like the like the depth that we have mm. in this age group. Yeah, like people were mad to see Hopkins play, and then he pulls that uh, out of the bag. Like that's that's pretty incredible. Um, and so we move on. Uh, the U.S. continuing to press, continuing to basically dominate field position at this point. Uh, Dr. has a throw in their defensive third. Pax presses the center back right after the throw in, and he wins the ball. He drives along the eighteen um, and waits for teammates to kind of join in the attack. Uh, Shakaris makes a big run from the midfield, and Pax. Beautiful chip over the uh, two defenders. He takes it, uh, Nico takes it off his chest, down to his left, um, and fires a volley over from about six yards out. Uh, it, it was a good touch. Probably should do better in the end, but it, it, it's a tough chance. Yeah, it's a tough chance, and and he he, he does a good job to even like kind of get it off in in the fashion that he did. And and by this point, like I hadn't I hadn't watched the curious um, up to this point. And yeah, he's a he's a he's a pretty talented player. And then I was while I was watching this game, I'm like, there's supposed to be a, a kid better than him, uh, <laughs> in 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 the same in the same academy. So it's just, I mean, once again, you know, just marveling at how the 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 system is is working now. Yeah, I mean, th- this is not an easy technique at all from Securis to chest this ball down and then hit it first time with his left foot on the volley. Securis has really impressed me in this tournament. He, he, I've always had him as kind of one of the higher, um, one of the better prospects in his age group, but never really at the top of his age group. And I think he's he's started to change my mind uh, in this tournament. And that that age part, man, is so is so crazy because he he doesn't look like he's playing up he hasn't looked to me like he's playing up in this tournament and he you know he's just a kid compared to to most of these other guys that we have out on the field he's uh he's eligible to play in this same tournament two years from now which is a crazy thing to think about yeah that's absolutely incredible and i i was 
interested because you guys have been talking on previous pods. He's a young guy. You know, what's it going to look like? Um, and so for him to come into a game of this magnitude and was one of the better players on the team, I thought uh, he, that was a really, really solid performance and, you know, extremely uh, encouraging for the future, I think. Uh, Bells, you want to take this one? He, I, f- I just feel like he's uh, he's grown up in this tournament and, and, Varus, and Varus really didn't know what he was doing putting him on this roster because because I, I was a little I was a little critical of him in the early games how he was playing but there's a there's a um there's some real grace to his understanding I'm talking about Sekiris his understanding of the game and he has this like really good motor and work rate like there's a lot of times in this game we, we mentioned a couple of the instances already in the timeline where he's just he's technical he's confident in that technique and he loves to just pass a move like the final shot and pass have been pretty uneven and we're and we're uneven last night too. Um I, I would say this this in, this instance notwithstanding because this one was like you guys said a difficult technique to pull off. But just the fact that he had the idea to play to play that pass and then and then run in behind, burst in behind for Aronson to hit him with the scoop duop was uh was really I was really impressed with Securus. And I, I'm I feel like he's got like he's got that I don't know, elite mentality or something. He's 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 playing hard all the time. He's talking to everybody. He does not look like he is uh, only 16 years old or whatever he is, born in 2005. Other thing I want he's a he's a he's a gym rat, uh, a coach's son. Yeah, his dad is Sean Sekiris. Used to be uh, was it Matt? Wasn't he a scout and also an assistant coach? You coached the U16s yeah, once. I think the U15s, but. Something like that. He was a scout turned youth national team coach. Yeah, Securus is is like a much. He's like a big blinking dot on my radar now for sure. Um, Nico, that is. And then the other thing I want to mention is Alvarado, who had been caught up field at least twice before this in the game, showed some good defensive instincts to jump a counterattack right before this this chance. It was him closing on the, at the right angle to win it back. Which led to the ball falling to Paxton's feet for him to play Securus that pass. So, just gotta gotta notice the good with the bad defensively for Alvarado. Yeah, yeah, that so that was a nice instance. Got got right in the in the player's blind spot that was receiving the ball and just took it right from him. Yeah, yeah, and you know, speaking on Securus, I'm extremely excited to see if he's able to you know come back for the next U20 uh, cycle. Yeah, like, will he be the leader of the team? How will he have developed? It's going to be a good before and after comparison that we can make. Um, and he looks like a heck of a player even now. Uh, and so 25th minute, I have a long spell of U.S. possession. Um, and then Pax gets his ball with uh, his back to goal. Um, you know, somewhere around the 18, I think. Makes a quick half turn around a defender and slips in Hopkins. Uh, Hopkins is making, you know, his run from the top of the box. On the right side, Hopkins touches toward the end line. Um, he cuts back and sends a defender, and he, and this is really where he um his real opportunity comes in. He takes a few touches, maybe a few more than he should have, um at the right side of the six and fires a shot right into the keeper. Um, defenders have been closing at this point. The keeper makes the save. Uh, this was another really really good chance for the U.S. Um, this time it was Hopkins, and I think this is another squandered chance. He has the ball about six yards out, and he just. He puts it right at the keeper with um, players in the middle of the box that could have received a pass. Um, I, I wanted to see him do a little bit better here. 
Yeah, he he could definitely could have done a little bit better, but I I just want to highlight the move as a whole again because um everybody on the team except Tyler Wolf touches the ball in the build up and it, it's just another example of brilliant team soccer and what what this team is is you know on, on a timeline we don't really get to talk about like the minute to minute stuff, right? But the team is basically doing stuff like this throughout the game that it, it doesn't necessarily always end up in a shot and we get to talk about it, but it's just just amazing stuff and, and a good save in the end. Um, I think uh, Hopkins hit, hits it pretty hard and low and, and uh, it just happens to be right at the goalie's hands who was kind of like already splayed out on the ground ready to to try to stop a low shot. Yeah, these, these sweeping, probing uh, sequences of possession against a completely low block are... I feel like I'm. I feel like the, it's a new era all of a sudden. You know, like what's going on? <laughs> yeah, it ha- it does have to be said, said right that we didn't play Mexico. That's true, That's right? True. In this tournament, and we've had other U twenty tournaments where we were dominant in possession. Not not to this extent, but it it, it really the test is Mexico and. Uh, it is it is a little bit of a not too much of a bummer, but it, it is a little bit of a bummer that Mexico is just um, they're just choke artists, right? Just couldn't we get won, there. baby. That's all I care about. Loaded. We have the trophy. <laughs> um, bells, bells. If if this was you on this chance, do you square it at any point, or do you just go all the way with it? I don't mind it. I don't mind him going for it here. I think he. I think he. I like the way he cut onto his left. I think he, like Matt said, he got good contact. It's just, you know, variance, variance, bro. Yeah. yeah. The correct answer there is if if it spells on that, it's out for a goal kick. (laughs) I mean, I'm not getting in the spot in the first place, let's be honest. (laughs) Bells isn't sending the defender on on the cut. I'm dribbling out of bounds when I try to cut it (laughs) onto my left foot. That's what happens. And I'm like, my bad, guys. (laughs) You got to put up the hand. Uh, yeah. the, camera scene the, the good bad. old hand to chest that's on me yeah. <laughs> yeah. so good um i i highlighted uh Sakaris, uh miss shot just a minute later because i think it continues our theme with Sakaris. just he drives uh or he picks up a ball from luna um just over half he has green in front he drives hard um and, and sends a ball pretty well over uh, the only reason I wanted to mention this is just he, he continues to show that he's ready at this level. And honestly, now I'm kind of sad I didn't see more of him for longer stretches in this tournament because I feel like that would have been fun. Uh, he didn't start a game, uh, I don't think, in the entire knockouts. But yeah. He, uh, can I jump in on this one real quick? That, was, that, that started with, like I think it was like Craig to Alvarado to Luna to Sakiris, right? At like just this absolutely disdainful two touch passing sequence right up the middle. Um, right. That was really nice. And then, uh, and then, uh, yeah, Sakiris should have passed it to Wolf, who was who was darting in from the wide on the left, but got a little got stars in his eyes. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to critique him that much. He had a great game. Thirty uh, third minute, Dr is starting to possess a little bit more uh, in our attacking third at this point, but it's not it's not threatening possession, not like Honduras kind of level possession um, where they looked kind of threatening with the ball at times. Uh, this wasn't. Um, their left back hooks a ball in the air, kind of. He was being pressed and he just kind of kicks it. Uh, 
and and the striker leaves it because he was offsides. And so you think at this point, Craig's just going to head it back to the keeper or do something. Um, but he lets it bounce in front of him. It bounces over his head and a DR attacker is able to head it down um, and, and then hit a volley low toward the near post that Brady's able to get down and make the save. But I think this was just a moment of uh, Craig being a little bit asleep. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I feel like he should have done a little better on this one. And it was good, by the way, from the DR attacker who ended up heading it and you know staying alive. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a bit, bit of a weird ball from the Dominican fullback that has backspin on it, and then the the bounce kind of spins the ball back towards the midfield, and Craig isn't really sure how to handle it and ends up deciding to get goal side instead of contesting uh the header for for the ball, which was still bouncing in the air. And um it's probably not the right call, but but in getting goal side, he kind of leaves the Dominican attacker in a situation where it would have taken a wonder strike uh, to fire the ball past Brady from there. And if the Dominican player to even takes a touch uh, in that position, Craig is in, is is well positioned to to prevent anything dangerous from happening. So, uh, you know, only kind of only notable, right? Because this was one of the very few times the Dominican Republic got even put the ball any in the general direction of our net. That was Charbel Webe, right? Who got that, who hit that. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was, I think Charbel usually plays right back, but Boatwright. So, and that was the left back that delivered that ball, but um, it might have been because Boatwright, who is the, the usual Dominican left back uh, is out injured, right? So they might've flipped their fullbacks around. I'm not sure. I'm talking about the one who took the shot, but whatever. I, it's it just oh, okay. it's just just like just. A, I thought it was a little bit fluky the way the ball was so unusual and the spot where it landed so unusual. I wish the see the center backs would have dealt with it one of the two of them, but it felt a little yeah, unrepeatable. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That 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 ball kind of spinning back sideways, kind of that allows the attacker to even have a shot at it. Yeah. Uh, that's not going to happen every day. Um, 37th minute, uh, U.S. gets a corner. It gets recycled. The ball comes to Luna. Um, as the DR line's getting up, he picks his head up and he hits Aronson, who is open on his side of the field. There's not really any defenders that are within, you know, sh- like arm distance of him. But because defenders on the other side of the box were stepping up um, late, he was on side still. So he's able to turn basically walk it in to like the PK mark, get a, a one-on-one with the keeper and he buries it. US is up 2-0. This one was pretty straightforward after the corner got recycled. Uh good pass by Luna, but you know, I, I think the defender the defending was still a little suspect on this one. Yeah, it was very sad defending. But I still like the quick pass from Luna and it's a good finish from Pax kind of catches it on maybe the bounce to hit it over the goalkeeper about head high. I'm. I feel like, uh, you know, we're starting to get into celebration mode already at this point. I didn't want to put that down, but like, like we really should be able to see this one out just in the way that we were playing. Uh, Matt, what do you have on this one? Yeah. So the Dominican, the Dominican Republic probably had their best defensive spell of the game in the ten minutes preceding this goal, but eventually the constant press pressure and tracking we forced them into doing was always going to kind of force a moment like this. Um, basically what happens is off of the, off of the, um, the corner, um, the ball kind of uh, resets out and two Dominican defenders just kind of point 
at Pax and Aronson, and it's just a little moment of miscommunication, but nobody steps in. Um, Luna finds Paxton and Paxton makes no mistake about it. And it's just kind of that like super aggravating thing for the Dominican Republic where they did such a a good job tracking our players for, for a, a, you know, a decent amount of time. And then you just make one little mistake and we make you pay and it's two nothing. Yeah. Then this is the future that uh, Greg Berhalter wants right here. You know, you see, you see Paxton winning the, uh, the golden boot, golden ball. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Just, 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 just uh, take this and then put Jesus, Jesus Ferrer's face on it, and uh, we're playing in the World Cup. Also, yeah. You don't, don't yeah. you kind of wonder how Paxton Aronson is feeling about? Does he like think of himself as a nine now? Is he like, <laughs> is he going to put that on his Tinder profile? False nine. Better not as a Union fan. I mean, we need all the midfield help we can get, but I, I think he's like probably a ten at the at like his best. But I think if you can play the nine, I mean that's kind of cool as well. Uh, you know, his he, he, you're t- you're telling me his mind about what kind of player he is hasn't changed at all after winning golden golden boot, golden ball, playing as a false nine. Oh, I I I, I would beg to differ. Yeah, yeah. I, if if I were him, I would be like, yeah, you know, put me up at the nine, give me the ball all the time. But I mean, hopefully not. I don't know. You need to already have a bunch of strikers, so hopefully he can slot back in. Um, in a productive role nonetheless because his creativity like even at the senior like in you know the league play and then in this was off the charts i want to see ferrera though like you know kind of step into that pax and aronson role now we have like a comp of what <laughs> like how, how how is the comp somehow the U20 team? but you know hey I'll- I, I love i love the idea of hazy of burholter going to hazy's and saying like hey you need to you need to fill the paxton aronson role there's <laughs> <laughs> some paxton aronson film for you to watch no yep. uh, i mean paxton did amazing this tournament walks out with the uh golden boot that was uh secured uh, a little bit later in this one a few minutes after the goal uh us is possessing luna gets the ball uh he's under pressure immediately but this is where you know we love our diegsters because he he gets the ball on the left touch line about 40 yards from goal he keeps his balance to get past the first defender kind of cuts in between two late tackles on the edge of the 18 he's moving a pace at this point and plays quavos wide uh quavos kind of toys with the defender a little bit cutting him left and right uh, that second cut, he frees himself and lifts the ball into the six. A really dangerous ball, but it gets headed away by a DR defender. Noah Allen's kind of lurking in the box, um, about you know the PK spot a little out from that, and he hits like the uh, the rebound, the little low half volley. Um, he hits it right into a defender, but it rebounds off that defender, deflects up and over the uh, the keeper, and at this point, uh, the US cruising. It's a three 0 lead, um, and at this point we should be lifting the trophy um, barring a disaster. Yeah. yeah. So Luna, we haven't, we haven't mentioned him that much uh, yet in the timeline, but he was, uh, he, he was pretty much balling most of the game and uh, yeah, his, his run here. And then the ability to, to, to get that pass out to Cuevas was, was very nice. Um, And, and, and then Cuevas with the, uh, so I I didn't know he had this in him, I guess, because I've just been watching him play right back. I mean, left back. But uh, yeah, on his on his uh, preferred side, you you see, we gotta get a little bit more from him, and that's kind of what we haven't had necessarily in these last two matches, even though they've went our way. But yeah, some some width from our fullbacks in the attack, not not always there necessarily. 
And basically for this entire game, Luna was like the little flicks and stuff. Like he was feeling himself the entire game. And I think he has a few more moments that we'll touch on. Um, and, and quickly on Quavos, Matt, uh, you can kind of hit on this goal. But also you were mentioning about his like, his attacking acumen on the last pod. I He showed it in this game with a couple really nice moments. Um, do you have anything on his kind of attacking talent? Yeah, I mean, he's like, you know, going back years, we've known that he's like an exceptional attacking fullback, right? He's done it for 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 these youth national teams before where um when he's on his his natural right side and he he just loves to combine up that sideline and is fully capable of of delivering the final ball. Um so yeah, like it, I I think if if you're looking to if you're looking to like this team making a run at at the U20 World Cup or something, I think that it's kind of super important to find a left back that we're comfortable with, um, maybe even a backup left back if that if that main guy is going to be No Allen because I basically just want Mauricio Cuevas playing on the right. He he just feels so much. I feel so much more comfortable with him there. But um, yeah, getting to the goal, I think that it it's again a little too easy. The Dominican Republic is ball watching all over the place on this one. Um, when Allen hits the ball, uh, there are seven Dominican players behind their six yard line, and Allen hit the ball so hard that the Dominican center back uh, who who got a foot to it couldn't make clear contact, and it deflected off of his boot and looped into the net. And it's just it's just the type of thing where it's like you know they're basically just shell shocked by the. Uh, by the offensive uh, pressure that we're putting on them at this point, and if it if it wasn't already over, this is pretty much this is the nail in the coffin. Yeah, uh, this was certainly the nail in the coffin. After the second goal, I didn't want you think it's kind of over, but you don't want to say it because it's only a two goal lead. But after the third one goes in and we weren't showing signs of letting up, that's when you kind of knew. Um, around the forty second minute, really the last major thing before halftime, or. I don't even know whether to call this major, but our, our one shaky moment uh, in you know defensive possession, they try and spring a quick attack. Cuevas, uh, good on him, intercepts it. Um, and it falls to, you know, Sakaris. He plays the ball back to Brady, but the ball was hit with a ton of power. It's bouncing. With an onrushing defender, Brady just kind of slides it clear to the other side, where then again, it's also picked off by a DR attacker. Allen's able to get goal side and force a tame cross into Brady's arms. But this was like the one moment... Um, where we really didn't look that comfortable uh, in possession. Uh, that happened a lot more in that Costa Rica game. But I wanted to point this out because this was another okay chance for the Dominican Republic and really one of a very, very few chances that they got uh, in the first half at all. Yeah, a little overexcited from Securus trying to play it back and uh, shows that Brady you know, isn't perfectly comfortable with the ball at his feet, but whatever. I mean, that's the that's going to be the question. Like, when we play teams like Costa Rica, uh, are we going to be able to handle that in the future? And um, because we, you know, we won that game, but we did we did get punched in the mouth pretty hard on a like moment by moment basis by the physicality and speed of play of Costa Rica's the way Costa Rica closed on us, and some people got just totally marked out of the game. We can um, we can boss these smaller teams now, which is awesome. Let's. Uh, I want to see us play more teams like Costa Rica and and try to eliminate these these types of mistakes. Uh, I'm I'm grateful that we had that game when we did because that was a it was a wake up call as we entered the you know, semifinal and the final that we can't be as sloppy in possession as we were in that game. Um, but you know, 
yet again, the U.S. is up 3-0 as we head to halftime. Um, this Just some basic thoughts. It, the pressing was really the story of this uh, the, this half, the counter-pressing, the pressing, um, keeping uh, the Dominican Republic basically pinned in their own half for the vast, vast majority of this um, the first half. It, again, impressed with our ability to get up from the opening whistle, uh, like, like I touched on earlier. We didn't get a goal in the first 10 minutes, like I said, but our work rate set the tone. We squandered a few chances, but our, our finishing was largely good good enough to have us, uh, if we have three goals at halftime, um, really not too much for the center backs and Brady to do besides basic possession um, and a well-deserved lead, I think. Uh, I wanted to see a better second half, and that was the only thing that I was kind of, you know, slightly concerned about uh, is that we hadn't really played a good second half versus Costa Rica, hadn't really played a good second half versus Honduras. But in the end, it is a final, so we just kind of need to see it out, and uh, we'll get into that, but we definitely did. Yeah, I, f- I feel like I'm sort of, as we're talking here, I'm thinking of the players on the field in, in a sort of a binary way, just zeros and ones, baby. But um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, you're either, either you can combine in, in an intricate way, or you can't. And we, we have more players on the field now with this U20 team who can do that, which is, I think, why the soccer has been so beautiful. But like, if you look at the, who's on the field right then, I'll sort of exempt the center backs from it, from the, from the formula, but Cuevas, Alvarado, Sakiris, Luna, and Aronson are definitely in the can combine category. And then, you know, Hopkins is sort of, I think kind of in the cannot and Wolf is, Wolf is closer to that than the can. And then Allen is, you know, kind of more in the cannot than the can. So, um, man, I don't know. Hopkins, Hopkins has some iron moments, I think, in my opinion. But. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. I agree. But, like, that, like, ping, ping, ping stuff. I mean, yeah, his moving off the ball was really good. I just thought, like, Matt said his first touch was a little bit, you know, you got to have that first touch. It's got to be good. And I don't know. I, I, so, I don't know. I, I, like, I thought he kind of cleared it up after that. Uh... After after he fluffed that ball from Securus, but um, okay, you know, you know, we're we're arguing over, you know, spilled milk <laughs> at this point. But uh, <laughs> but uh, man, just 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 wait until we get uh, you know, Jonathan Gomez on that left, because you talk about combining in, in possession. Yeah, I mean, that I, that that man loves to do that. He'll do it. You know, he'll he'll wake up fresh out of bed and just and and, and give you some one touch football. So. Just get, wake up fresh out of bed and combine some toast and some jam just right off the bat. Yep. <laughs> Easy money. <laughs> uh, Hartman, what are your thoughts on the half? Uh, not really much to say other than it's game over and it was another dominant half of attacking soccer uh, from us. Our ability to win the ball and turn possession into to chances continues to be outrageously impressive to me as somebody who's watched this team for for a good long while now and uh, to talk about you know adding adding johnny gomez back in like we went over early in the in 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 this podcast series the the list of guys who aren't here and looking at that list now and like doing just doing some plugging into this team just just feels unfair Unfair. (laughs) let's do it let's do it right now because it's that's the that's that's the thing is the u20 world cup is in about a year and where do we need help on this team? We need a we need a little bit better left back. We probably need a little better winger play. 
And yeah, no, I think if we're just talking about eligible players, you would go first to Ricardo Pepe, but like Pax and Aaronson won the golden boot at striker. Like, I don't, it's yeah. almost hard to be like, Ricardo, we need in, Ricardo Pepe. In CONCACAF. Yeah, but I still, like, I, I, I would love Pepe. You know, like, don't get me wrong. But, um, like, the way that Aronson's played, it's almost like here's a better player than you, but also you've also done everything you can, we, we could have asked from you, I guess. Is, that's kind of my thought. Yeah. And I, I guess my thought on Pepe is if he doesn't make, make it to Qatar, if he doesn't, if he's not on that roster for the World Cup, then the U20 World Cup is, you know, it wouldn't be crazy to call him up for that. Who knows if he'd be released or anything, but. Um, we are also Justin Che eligible. Yeah. He's a guy I think could help the team. Brian Gutierrez on the wing, potentially. We have Luca Kalesho. You know, we're still in a dual nat battle with him, but he, he's in preseason with a La Liga first team at the moment uh, as a true winger. Um, Moses Nyman, potentially, if he comes back to health. You know, there's some there's some really great options. Gaga Slonina. Yeah. Uh, Josh, Joshua Winder from Louisville City at center back could probably make a run at a spot here. Damn right. Caleb Wiley at Atlanta United has been impressive lately at left back. Uh, Kevin Paredes, of course, is uh, probably <laughs> the probably you know I would guess the first choice left back right now, but who knows? Um, Let's hope Tony Tony Leone's Mexico phase might be over. He just yeah he just added <laughs> a bunch of U.S. photos to his Instagram. Right? Didn't he like take off all like Messy. Mexico stuff as well? Yep, he took it out. of his <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> Well, what a mercenary! A little bit late, bro. Oh, just, just, just nasty, just nasty for Mr. Leone. Jeez, uh. yeah. so decisive. No yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> he got off the plane. He, he might have did it all. The, he might have did it all the plane, man. I mean, yeah. I saw you like Jay Hernandez's tweet about like, uh, like we'll accept anybody with open arms, kind of thing. Like he literally, like he seems to have made a quick switch. Like it would take him a week. He took he took some borderline xenophobic abuse for missing a penalty too, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so while we're talking about uh, social media, I, I so I got a like from Jonathan Gomez's dad, uh, where I ba- well he, he came back to Louisville, um, to like visit a training session. There were some pictures or whatever, and he was all Nike'd out, and I was like, this man loves Nike too much to to <laughs> choose old tree, and and his dad liked it. His dad liked it. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. You to get us, you know, Jogo. Because I mean, would you guys see Jogo? Like, just quickly to touch on the Jogo fantasy, would you see him, you know, being a member of our senior team or our U20 team right now? U20 team for me. Yeah. No, I, I, I not don't have a ton of disagreement there because I don't think he's gonna take over Jedi's role. But I. Yeah, I'm. Up. I'm 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 gonna say probably U twenty. I mean, if he if he gets up to Sociedad soon, yeah, uh, then a senior team time. But he he does have some things that he needs to work on. Um, so yeah, 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 for sure, uh, for sure. Uh, that was our extended halftime thoughts. Uh, uh, halftime subs. We only had one. It was uh, Jack McLean coming in for Alvarado. Alvarado. Uh, his last action of the tournament was you know in his not in his natural position. But I mean, I can't really think of too many moments where he did poorly in this tournament. He was, if not our best player, I mean, pretty darn close. I, he's unbelievable guy. I want to see more of him. 
Um, this is your guy, Bells. Do you want to touch on him quickly before we move on? I just, I just think the athleticism is a is a little bit of a concern for me still. Because I mean, I'll say it like this: we were, I thought Chris Durkin and Alex Mendes were excellent. <coughs> Excuse me. In World Cup qualifying, well, Durkin wasn't involved, but Mendez was. And then we went to the quarterfinals of the U-20 World Cup. We faced Ecuador, and those guys got exposed. <coughs> Excuse me. Those guys got exposed because they weren't fast enough. And, um, you know, that's at a certain level, that's going to that's that's gonna be tested for Alvarado. And, and that's my only concern. Otherwise, I just think he's a really special player, like everybody's been talking about. Um, uh, it's just a matter of can he hold up physically when we face like an Ecuador or one of the elite teams, even at a U20 World Cup, uh, where that that midfield is just going to get tested. And the jump from yeah, the yeah, jump from this to playing alongside from even that to playing alongside Yunus Musa at the World Cup, you know, or at the 2026 World Cup or something, it's just massive. So, I just got to keep watching and see how he does. Sorry, Vince, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say that that as long as he doesn't have an agent uh, in his ear telling him that athleticism doesn't matter, he'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, but no, I if he's able to develop the athletic side of the game too, it, it's the same with McGlynn. I know, you, like it's it's less I, I pronounced Alvarado, with Alvarado than it is with McGlynn. Yeah, I mean, not not no, yeah, I, I was gonna I, yeah. not quite as much, um, but also. You know, I, I think McGlynn getting the experience with the first team as well. Like both of those players, if they're able to get um, that athleticism and just like that basic kind of, you know, strength that, you know, sets aside pros from kind of even second team players. Uh, boy, their ability on the ball is that's out of this world. That's stuff that like we we have guys on our senior team who can't pass the way that they do. McGlynn is disgusting. The way he was passing the ball last night was out of control. I, yeah, it's it's like every every touch, <laughs> every touch, man. It's just like, bro, stop it! <laughs> he was, my God, <laughs> he, he's my favorite player. He's my favorite player. I, I want to see him more for the Union because he plays a lot for Union too. Um, but Union, you're going to need him, especially if they hit the uh, the summer. But man, he's something special. But I obviously not take away from Alvarado, who's it was basically there too. And his passing was superb as well. So hopefully we can see him more in Portugal. Um, what a player, uh, coming out of the half 47th minute. Um, we're on the front foot again. This is when we start to, at least for me, be slightly satisfied that we might be able to come out and have a better second half than we've had in the last couple games. Uh, Brandon Craig hits a beautifully weighted ball to Aronson on the left about the 18, uh, Aronson wasn't really being tracked. It was kind of a weird run across the defense, but he stayed on side. Pax uses his body to get a DR defender. Um, a DR defender had position, but he was able to body him out of position. He touched toward the end line and fires the shot. Really, really tight angle. Um, but it, it was really good stuff nonetheless. And uh, for Pax, like we were talking about the flip side, he's not the biggest guy, but his strength on this play showed. And obviously Craig is an amazing passer. Enough about that. Let's get to the Luna incident. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I, I listen. I, I was I was prepping for it now because the very the very next minute, uh, a DR throw in um, is headed to McGlynn at about midfield. Uh, he kind of no looks side foots it, like back heels it. It's uh, Did one he back heel it on the volley. It's unbelievable, man. <laughs> Between two defenders, right to Luna, 
he no look <laughs> rolls it to himself like around a defender. I mean, at this point, I'm just smiling. It's it's one of those where you just need this to end the goal. But uh, he, he kind of rolls it to himself. Uh, he, he flicks it off to Pax. Pax does like a turn, like a one touch turn, and you know, kind of volley it back to um, to Luna. Luna gives everyone the hips and plays Wolf in um, through the middle. Wolf's one on one. The keeper. You know, credit, he's been playing well. He closes uh, Wolf well. He makes a big stop, but this one 100% deserved a goal. And once again, it's Luna just absolutely balling out. I mean, what a sequence. (laughs) This is like the type of thing where it's like between the McGlynn no-look back heel, Paxton controlling a ball, that the ball from Luna, where it was like, a waist-high fastball, and Paxson just controls it perfectly and plays it right back to him. And extremely Luna, difficult. Extremely difficult, and and Luna basically working his way through the entire team. There's like, there's three things done on this sequence by three different players that I couldn't I couldn't do once out of a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like it's just insane that like again we we keep ha- saying it, but like this team can just make hard soccer things look so easy. And the fact that they do it so consistently is just wild. The technique was out of this world. Uh, Vince, your boy Luna. I mean, this was, this was the moment, right? Like this is his kind of his highly real moment. from the game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. His his Mona Lisa, if you will. But, uh, (laughs) but, but, but yeah, man, this is when, uh, this is when you really appreciate having Moa do on the call a little bit. Just to just to just to make sure that you know we we get some emphasis added yeah. to the to the sauce that we see on the field. Um, but yeah, you know Diego doing Diego things. I, so I really just can't wait to see him for RSL. It's, it's about to be appointment viewing. It'll be a show, man. RSL is already so, uh, really exceeding expectations. If Luna's comes in there with that kind of you know champagne esque, there was nothing sparkling grape juice about this. This was this was the real stuff, man. This was champagne. Oh, yeah. uh, and McGlynn, Aronson as well. That was um, what a sequence. That was the one where I was just like laughing, literally just laughing, uh, because it's out of this world. I, um, I want to. I just want to agree with you, Vince, yeah. about Moe Do because he really appreciates this kind of stuff more than your typical uh, color commentator. I it did get a little awkward. He and Co- he was like really annoyed with Costigan for trying to get him to answer some questions about like what this team's chances were at the World Cup and stuff. I was like, come on, Mo, just like take us taking a make an opinion here, you know? Oh, did did you uh did you did you hear the part when uh when 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 okay so so Mo Adu said like you know oh so I think it was after this play and Costigan was like, is this the sauce that you're talking about? And Mo's like, yes. And then, like Costigan's, like my word for this game is swagger, and Mo was that's like, not your word. and Mo, was like, that's not your word. <laughs> he said it like three times. Yeah, he was. I was like, it's gonna, yeah, it's getting a little testy. It's getting a little testy in the booth. But uh, yeah, yeah, we we had Mo for the uh, Geo run in the Azteca. Oh, we nice. we had Mo for this, and yeah, that those were that. Uh, so I appreciate yeah. it. That's all. Yeah. The pass, the final pass here too. The what, like disguised after all that to play a little disguised left-footed through ball, cutting t- through two defenders. I mean, I Get almost don't want to move on from the sequence, but I mean, seriously, man, it's out of this world. Uh, just giving everyone the hips and slipping Wolf in, man, that was insane. Forty uh, ninth minute, so literally one minute later, Cuevas wins the ball on the edge of our defensive third. Um, 
he wins the ball back rather, and it falls to Wolf. Wolf, who's dropping deeper, I think for some reason here, he one touches to McGlynn, who one touches to Paxton Aronson, who settles and flicks it off to Allen, who's making a run down the left. This is some more really, really good stuff from the U.S. Allen holds it up along the touchline and waits for his teammates to join him. Wolf is, um, you know, making that run from deep, so he flicks it into him uh, down the left. Who he has space to drive it into the 18. Uh, Hopkins is making a run, and Tyler just kind of touches him in. The defender makes a last-second sliding intervention. I I guess it was clean. I'm not sure. It didn't really show a good angle of it. But, again, the U.S. is combining so well. I haven't seen this from the senior team. It's McGlynn, Aronson involved again, and this would have been another amazing goal if this had gone. Yeah, yeah it's a bit more of like a traditional like uh, fullback and midfield combination up the left-hand side that you typically get out of a 4-3-3. That um, you know, this team didn't didn't really need to do a whole lot of that through the tournament because we, we've been so well, at, we've been so good at playing the ball with the ball through the middle of the field. But it was good to see that they're capable of combining like this up the wing with the fullbacks as well. Um, and yeah, just a, another another moment of great combination play, like you said. Yeah, fifty third minute. Then a few minutes later, U.S. wins the ball back in possession. Uh, we're in our own territory still at this point. Craig has a long ball out right to Hopkins. Uh, Hopkins hits McGlynn, who's checking. He turns and finds Paxton on the edge of the 18. Paxton drops it back to Jack. Jack splits defenders. He touches it to Nico. Nico, uh, you know, does his own little thing and gives it back to Jack McGlynn. So McGlynn has basically gone touchline to, you know, center the 18, uh, combining all the way through. He touches to draw defenders to his left, rolls it back to his right, and strokes it past the keeper in the bottom left. This is is Jack McGlynn at his finest. It's 4-0. And uh, our boy Jack gets on the score sheet. What a player, man. And yeah, it, it's pretty special. Outrageous. So fun to watch. Like that that pullback onto his right foot, the calmness of the finish. Can he, can he play like this against adults when he doesn't have as much time on the ball? I think that's that's the question. Yeah, I mean, the other concern in addition to that, I'd say, is that Philly doesn't really play like this, right? They played against the Columbus crew yesterday. And had 35% possession with Leon Flack and Ali Bedoya in midfield, who are not exactly like for likes for Jack McGlynn. So I remain a little bit skeptical about McGlynn's ability to break into the starting lineup at, at Philly and thus the senior national team. But man, oh man, is he talented. This this goal is all him. Yeah, the Union are definitely more inherently a defensive team. But also, I'm... If McGlynn, you know, progresses physically, you can't sit him if you're Jim Curtin. Um, and certainly when he gets back to the Union, his legs are going to be needed because those Philly guys need some rest. They've been playing basically the same lineup for a couple straight weeks now. Um, but yeah, it, it's outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous. Um, and he did the little, like, too hot to handle, you know, handshake. Man, he, he's got it all about him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 55th minute. Uh Luna gets absolutely destroyed in the middle of the field to win a free kick from about 30 yards out. Um, Sakaris and Craig are standing over it. And as soon as the referee blows his whistle, Craig quickly hits a ball hard on the ground to Aaron soon. who's kind of at the top of the 18, but no defenders are marking him, I guess. So he just takes a touch in. It's one-on-one again with him, uh, with the keeper. Uh, he makes no mistakes, slides it past the keeper. It's off the training pitch to absolute perfection. Um, the boys ran over to the assist. Uh, I think it was one of the assistant coaches and they were, you know, hugging him and celebrating with him. So clearly this was designed. Uh, it's a coronation and it's five nil. 
Yeah, it, it's such a good set piece that I'm I'm kind of bummed that we used it to go up 5-0 against the Dominican Republic. Save this for the U20 World Cup quarterfinals against France. Um, but seriously, perfectly executed free kick. Great stuff all around. And the Dominican players didn't even really realize what happened. Most of them were like shrugging their shoulders, looking around. The the near the guys at, uh, uh, near camera side were like ask talking to their coach, asking what happened. A couple guys asking for offsides. It was just great stuff. Yeah, man. Uh, Aronson, this was the goal to put him over the top of Sullivan. Sullivan came in in the Golden Boot race with six, and now Aronson has seven. He would end up winning the Golden Boot. We'll just kind of hit the uh, the last goal, and we can Joey. Before we do that, why don't you tell me how are you feeling about all this as a as a Union fan? I know I, you got. The... I I feel like we've talked about my boys a lot, but it's awesome. It's so much fun. Like because I. I've seen these guys basically since last summer. That's really when they made their like full introduction. You know, I remember Quinn hitting a bike kick in Chicago. Like there has been traces here for these guys, but it's interesting because I don't know how to see it exactly. They're playing at a a lower level in terms of age, right? The U20 level, but, and these guys don't always get the time for the union. And I think that some of that's deserved. Like the union have other good players and the union have a set system. And none of these players fit exactly well into the union system. But still, the fact that these guys can develop and I get to see them, you know, on, on a week in, week out basis, it's so much fun. And I think for these guys, like, it's an amazing learning experience because you, you come in, you succeed a ton in this tournament. And, you know, these guys are national team players now and they can take this forward and learn from it. I think it's good vibes all around. And clearly, these guys have had such an impact on the team. Um, you know, not getting on the score sheet, I don't think at all, maybe. But Brandon Craig also, with his delivery and his presence in the back, was massive as well. And he's not going to probably get mentioned enough in the you know rundown from this tournament. So all of it is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. So, and then we fast forward to the 61st minute. It's it's off a replay that this whole sequence starts. The DR center back has the ball in his 18 and kind of plays it straight uh, to McGlynn with no one on him. So McGlynn has all the time to... He was walk it forward, find Clark on the left edge of the box. No one on him either. I don't know where the defending is at this point. I think DR kind of lost the will to play. Uh, Clark touches toward goal. He's, you know, side foots a centering ball to the PK spot. The the Dominican Republic defender's in position. He gets there. He makes contact on the ball, but it's so unsubstantial that it just kind of falls right through him to Nico, um, who deserves his goal. Securus taps it home past the keeper. Uh, he's one of our better players. I don't really know what was going on in the defending, but hey, at this point, it's 6-0, and we're cruising. Yeah, some some defenders had clocked out by this point. But yeah. but still, that ball from McGlynn to Clark is is quality, you know? And we don't have we don't have everybody. You know, not every midfielder can play the ball with that pace and that weight to just, like, release him into the box from 25 yards away. Uh, can't say enough about the about McGlynn's quality and Clark kind of gets lucky here. I, I I don't I don't know what to make of Caden Clark at this point. Like he, you know, I mean, he does, uh, does he get credited with an assist? I don't even know. He tries to side foot it, it gets deflected and then it kind of, some other guy whiffs on it. And then Securus has a chance to, you know, tuck it home from, from point blank rage. But boy, Clark didn't really make much of an impact in this game. Didn't, it didn't seem like he made too much of an impact outside of the assist for the third goal against Honduras. And that was reliant on a mistake from a Honduran defender. I'm not sure where how he fits in here, but 
maybe that's a discussion I, for later. I, I think he was a little. I think his performance was a little underrated versus Honduras. I was a little higher on him than some people were, but yeah, I I can understand the indecision. Like I don't. He he wasn't a standout in a tournament where we had a, a good few standouts on this team. So yeah, I'm with you on I, that. I completely agree, but Clark, I think is also a guy who, and I, I mean, there there are legitimate reasons to play him on the wing, right? Um, but I think that if you asked him, he would say that he's more comfortable playing in those central spots, and it's just like a, a situation of roster construction that yeah. he has to find himself on the wing. So I don't know if if it's like totally fair to say that you know it, it was a, a bit of, a little bit of a disappointing tournament from him, but I. I agree with you guys that for a guy that of his pedigree, of his talent, of his situation and the number of professional men he has under his belt and, and the, the level of club that pays him, um, that he could that he maybe didn't impact the tournament as much as we would have hoped. Here's the one thing I will give him, though, is that like he clearly has the physical attributes that not all of our guys have. And obviously that's down to our boy Chris Clark. But no, I think his like... Right. His strength and his, you know, power, I guess, is something that we don't have everywhere on the pitch. Yeah, but if he can't beat somebody 1v1, how much, it doesn't matter how much strength power he has. <laughs> uh, sure. I, I, I will say, I, I wish maybe we'd gotten to see him as a false nine because it feels like, to Matt's point, that he, he kind of would have fit that role pretty well. But, you know, hard to gainsay that too much since Paxson Aronson won the Golden Boot and we were absolutely dominant throughout the tournament. So, Sure. Uh, you like different looks, but in the end, you wouldn't change anything because we just won the final six. No, uh, not, nothing much uh, for the rest of the game. A few DR moments. Uh, you know, a, a few Luna. Uh, Luna had another shot that went over the bar. But, you know, from this point on, last 30 minutes or so is basically nothing. The referee uh, blew his whistle on basically 90 minutes on the dot. And the United States are champions of CONCACAF at the U20 level. We did it in style. Uh, and, and here's where you start to you know reflect about the tournament as a whole, not just this game, but the entire tournament, what we learned, um, stock up, stop, stock down, and all that kind of stuff. So, Matt, do you want to kick us off with kind of our full-time thoughts? Yeah, so so first of all, big stock up on Mikey Varis, right? <clears throat> other we've had other <laughs> we've had other coaches go into this go into you know youth tournaments with with similar talent advantages and and kind of lay an egg and the way that Varis had these kids playing throughout the tournament, man, you really can't stay enough. I also I also like the on being on his haunches in the corner of the of the coaching uh uh zone where it's he, just, he just stays there. Yeah, technical area. Yeah, like the ball ball goes past him towards our own defense, and he no doesn't move. Not worried. Not going to go to the other side of the technical area to see what's going on. Just wait waits for the ball to get back to midfield to be in position to watch what's happening. Uh, yeah, just for I think Varus was a, was a bit of an unknown for all of us coming into the job, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if if he if he kind of isn't in this position for all that long and he gets he's getting some looks from uh from club teams based off of uh what he's done so far in the job this big stock up there right to your point about him being on his haunches just kind of quietly watching the action very calm very collected not a lot of not a lot of wasted motion from him i admire that quite a bit 
unlike Greg, who's you know walking around bounce passing. I do think Mikey needs right. to learn the art of the bounce pass, but hey, that's just me. Yeah. Greg with the Greg yeah. is kind of the definition of wasted movement, right? Yeah. Needless bounce passes. What are we doing? Love to see it though. I think from a tactical side, like he and not not just like a tactical side, he got it right. There weren't too many ways to get it wrong, right? It would have been a, a bigger disaster if we hadn't won than you know like it, the success that we did win. I think just kind of given the opponents and stuff, but credit for him and especially for building the locker room culture it's clear like after every win you see like the videos come out of them you know celebrating having a good time um i, I just love the culture that he's building it makes it really fun to watch these guys because you know that like after the game they're all chill with each other as well it, it just seemed really cohesive the entire the entire tournament mm-hmm. and, and it's not just that we won it's very much how we won right that's the impressive thing yeah yeah, got achieved all the objectives and played champagne football for large stretches. Just a giant yeah. dub. You couldn't ask for anything more. You couldn't ask for anything more. Well, uh, r- real quick, just just the thing that really stuck out to me is like n- not just the champagne football because, like, I mean, we, we mentioned. Well, I've mentioned the nineteen cycle a few times, but like, like the the speed that we were able to do this at was just different from anything I've seen. Like even I don't know in football around the world, like the the speed that we were able like to transition with and just do these uh, amazing technical things. Because like with the with the past cycle, it was kind of like the tempo was a little slower, and like Alex Mendez was kind of like sitting on it a little bit, di- dictating play. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just yeah, that he was able to get that virus was able to get them clicking like this so fast. And I mean, I, I'd love, where, where's the behind the crest? I want to see the behind the crest on the U20. <laughs> I think something came out with Craig yesterday, right? Or, but I, we need the full behind the crest because it looks like they're having a great time in there. Um, e- even the players who didn't always see the field seem to still be loving it. Uh, they were holding up Cowell's jersey after the, uh, the semifinal. It's hilarious. Um, but yeah, uh, Matt, do you have any more thoughts on uh, kind of this team as we see it now? Yeah, so I think let, let's quickly just go like player by player or like position group and just say like what we thought of their tournaments. Like, uh, so the goalies, Chris Brady and Antonio Carrera, um, kind of like not stock up, not stock down, right? They, they made a, a few saves um, that I thought that they should have, but I mean, largely untested, right? Outside of the, the Canada goals, which I'm not sure that Brady could have done all that much. Um, didn't really see uh, there was like Brady had to make one save in this game Carrera towards the end had one nice save down to his left but not all that much doing for them agreed so uh, Mauricio Cuevas um, I thought that he had a great tournament Um, he had a long layoff since the last time we've seen him play for the youth national teams Um, still looks like a great fullback prospect I think he's basically my locked in starter uh, at right back, even I think even with Justin Che, if he comes into the team, I think with Justin Che has some some work to do. Maybe still on the defensive side of the game, where I'd still like to see, uh, based on what we saw in this tournament, Cuevas get the minutes there. So I'm stuck up on him. Love Cuevas, man, uh, and I think his maybe his his physical sharpness seemed like it improved as the tournament went on a little bit. 
Uh, I don't know if I'm just imagining that, but still, I guess the, the, the main issue is how, how much, how much playing is he going to do for club Bruges and, uh, you know, how does he stack up against professional athletes, adult, professional adult athlete, soccer wingers in Europe? I think for, for quickly on Quavos, we were a little rougher on him in, in the recent pods. Uh, but I think in large part, that was him put in a bad situation, you know, playing it right back on the left side. You're going to have moments like he had overall a really good tournament, especially when we saw him go back to the right de- like defensively. His interventions were on point and then attacking wise, he created much more on the right and was a solid player um, throughout the entire tournament. I thought I saw his um, his like a comfort show up a little bit more against Honduras than Costa Rica necessarily. And you can just tell that like with the way he he just wasn't, you, you know, I mean, we, we've all said it, but he's just not used to being on the left. You could tell with the way like his feet were set up in defensive situations sometimes. Um, but yeah, at least he got the experience doing it. All right. Okay. So, um, Michael holiday, uh, I'm going to go stock down on him. I think he, he was pretty clearly the worst of the, of the three fullbacks, uh, in my opinion. Um, and I think he's, he's a good prospect and hopefully he, he gets some minutes with, with Orlando, but more than anything, I thought he just kind of didn't really fit the team. Good athlete, you know, wasn't going to get, wasn't going to get out muscled on the at right back but yeah more or less agree he wasn't he was he he didn't fit the the can combine formula that that Cuevas very much does which is what makes Cuevas so nice yeah we basically brought three fullbacks and one of them's a left back and one of the, and two of them are right backs and Holiday's the second on that depth chart at right back i think that that kind of explains it like in the our perfect back line he doesn't start so I mean, there's not much to say there. Yeah, that one cross, but yeah. <laughs> the, was that the yeah, one? Um, the one for uh, Clark to nod back for Aronson to score the second against Costa Rica? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a good ball. Yeah. So the, the final pullback is Noah Allen. Um, I, I I'm stuck up on him as well, just because I didn't really expect too much uh, coming in. He's not a player that I had rated super highly, and was kind of surprised that. He was the left back that we decided to bring to the tournament, but he, he he's a solid left back. I don't think he's going to light the world on fire or anything, but he showed that he belongs on this team after being one of the question marks coming in. Uh, and, you know, teams like this need solid players who are just going to do their job and, uh, you know, not get caught out. So it's a good tournament from him. Yeah. Shades of Daniel Lovitz. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> He was a successful professional left back. Come on. No, you're right. You're right. Lil Allen will be yeah. happy if he gets to that level. I mean, I'm not going to say he's at that level, but he's he's he has MLS appearances at the age of 17. I mean, I have I have a little more hope for him. Not that there's anything wrong with Lovitz, just like Lovitz is kind of set in where he's at now. I feel like Allen still has room to grow. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I uh, so 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 maybe so, so maybe Sam Vines would be a little a little more charitable. Yeah. What do you think? Maybe. Yeah. It's it's funny because right to to this point, Sam Vines is not as accomplished a professional player as Danny <laughs> Lovitz. So it's it's kind of kind of people just don't yeah. like when you comp play when you comp people to players who like you know don't 
aren't super flashy and stuff like that. I, I noticed that even in like, you know, when people will occasionally ask me for like uh, a comp off of like a player that's in their favorite team's academy. And I'm like, uh, when I'll be like, oh, this guy can be Will Trap Plus. People are still like, ah, it's like, no, like that. That's a that's a good thing. Will Trap has like 40 national team caps, so Will Will Trap Plus is good. But people just don't like. Yeah. People don't like that. I don't know. Yeah, he, he can be Will Trap with four piece. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, uh, like Daniel Lovitz. Daniel Lovitz is fine left back, and Allen. Yeah, I don't know. Alan will. I feel like we just have to get over the MLS bias on it all. That's just not. That's not my MLS blurring talking. That's just like generally when we talk about these players and we go, "Ooh, like they're all MLS players, right?" Like, I comped. I, I comped Quinn Sullivan to Justin Rennix, which I still kind of stand by, and um, got like some one person on Twitter was very very upset about that, but like you know, you basically beat up the you beat up the small teams. You look like serviceable against the good teams, which is, I think, what describes Sullivan, basically. That was Justin Rennicks in 2018, you know? And uh, nah, Come on, bro. <laughs> Don't do that. Please. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Mean, I'm I mean, sorry. big shout-out to Justin Rennicks. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, Justin Rennicks scored a game-winning <laughs> goal against France at the U-20 World Cup. I, I mean, that was the most Johnny-on-the-spot. Like, That's what Sullivan's goal hustle. was against Honduras. It's the same thing. Except against a much man. inferior opponent. <laughs> so I don't know, man. Sullivan got a little bit more to him. He got a little bit more. He probably does, but like, he also, you know, how about that time he shot when he should have passed to Aronson? <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> Get your head on straight. I mean, Sullivan's kind of like, I think he's, He's kind of stuck in between in large in many respects. Like he can play centrally. He's played as an eight for the union. He's also played up top for the union. Like he can play winger. He can kind of he's kind of a unicorn, but not like he, he's very much a jack of all trades. And I don't know how far that's going to get him because right now he's MLS level. He can progress. But he can he can tomahawk the ball. I agree. I think he that's that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And he um and that's a little different from Renix. And he uh, his off ball movement. You know, it's really like there's a there's a bit of innovation and industry there that I I'm not sure or intelligence that I'm not sure I ever saw from Justin Rennicks. So I'm not saying they're the exact same player. I do acknowledge yeah. Sullivan's got more to him, but Sullivan's slightly less conventional for me than especially than either like Aronson or McGlynn because he's just not quite set. I think in his exact position, but he has time. Also, the I think one of the big things about Sullivan. Teaches his t- is teaching his little brother how to play soccer really well, right? Where's 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 Paxton Rennix, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not here. So. Yep, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the center backs really quickly. Um, Brendan Craig, I'd say stock up. Shake one shaky moment against Canada and in the game today with with that bouncing ball. But aside from that, I thought he was probably our best defender and distributor over the cross over the uh, length of the tournament. Yeah. No problem with any of our center backs for me. I mean, Craig was the best. Uh, I think Neil, Neil was, I like the way Neil is on the ball. Um, but you know, the, what kind of test did they face basically throughout the right. tournament? 
Yeah, we didn't even concede a goal while um, Neil was on the field in the tournament, and so it's kind of hard to be anything but stock up on him. Um, and then for Kranis, kind of viewed him as the third center back coming in, and while he was solid, he didn't really show me what Neil and Craig did with the ball at his feet. Had a couple of shaky defensive moments with that the early goal uh, from Canada, but again, a perfectly serviceable uh, center back, I thought. Yeah, I, I have to say I'm I'm pretty big on Neil, man. He's uh he 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 showed a little bit more with the ball uh this match than I had seen previously. And uh he's just like a he's just like a fluid a fluid athlete. Um that that time, I think the first Alvarado instance um where he lost the 50-50 where they were driving at our back line and to to get the step to clear the ball, yeah. Jalen Jalen was like backpedaling facing uh Cuevas basically our right back flips his hips um is able to stop and step to clear the ball away in like a in in a second really and 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 that was that was pretty impressive to me just from like a, a athleticism and movement standpoint and Craig of course the, the all the all the set piece deliveries and everything like uh that that that's probably one of the more uh unconventional things I've ever seen I guess uh got a little um David Luiz in him. Yeah. But, uh, Craig, Craig was more adventurous yeah. passing between the lines in general, I thought, than Neil. Even though I feel like Neil has that ability. Um and and Neil Neil was uh but I do love how casual Neil is on the on the ball. He like he really trusts his technique. And I know that got him in a little bit of trouble with some back passes in one of the games, but but like he he is not, you know, he looks comfortable on the ball and I, I that counts for a lot for me. Yeah, for me, it's Craig was most stock up, I think, for me, just because it's not only set pieces with him, because, you know, set pieces, that's kind of an art. It's also the, the, the you know, in the run of play uh, where he was pinging balls left and right. We saw it a few times in this game where I, I think just in terms of passing and in terms of, I don't know, maybe how we want to play, right? We want to play a more possession-based style. I think he's the one who could probably benefit us the most as it stands now. Because also he has the height and he has all those physical attributes as well. So I, I, I love Craig, but all three of them, you know, not didn't really set a foot wrong too much, especially not really during the knockout stage games. Right. So let's talk about Edelman and Putskas. So um, I thought that Edelman had a really good tournament for, I mean, he he didn't play a ton early, but in the big games where where we did start him, I thought he he had some really smart fouls to kill counterattacks. He's pretty mobile in that midfield and had a couple of tremendous highlight reel passes um, in the Honduras game, which was the toughest game of the tournament. And uh, Pukskis, he just didn't do enough for me to to care for me to care if he's on the U twenty World Cup roster. Um, he's good in the air, but outside of that, I think Danny Edelman is an improvement, and I I don't necessarily see Edelman as like a lock-in starter on the team either. So I think I'm going to go Edelman stock up, Puska stock down. Vince, I know that you were in love with this passing uh, in the last game, especially the highlight reel ones. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and supposedly like Edelman was, was supposed to be the one that was uh, less talented on the ball uh, compared to Puskas, I guess. But um, yeah, like the couple passes that y'all pointed out in the recap, from last game were just like they were absolute dimes and uh yeah I, i'm 
you know, I'm in, uh, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Yeah, it certainly jumps to the top of the depth chart now. You know, surpassed surpassed Pukstas. Right. Great. I agree. <laughs> Let's on to the attacking mids. So Alvarado, McGlynn, uh, Luna. Let's throw Securus in there as well. Um, I think it's going to be pretty hard to be anything but stock up on all of these guys, right? Um, Alvarado, I think he has a shout for player of the tournament if, if you want to take that away from Paxton Aronson. Um, showed out after being a little bit of a wild card coming into the tournament because we had because of that he got stuck in Portugal, that weird uh, situation with him not being able to come to camps in the United States after moving over there. Um, I'd say if I, if I'm going to be maybe like if I had to rank them, I'd probably put Luna last just because even though he he's capable of some ridiculous things, he's, he, I kind of, you know, was super familiar with the player that Luna is coming in and he just kind of showed me he is that player still like he's capable of some ridiculous stuff on the ball, but um, against the better athletes, I think he's always going to be a bit of a, a question mark. Um, and he just he like just McGlynn, needs Chris Clark's business card, man. That's all he needs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a. I, I I understand what you're saying with Luna, Matt. I feel like that's a. I don't know if a little harsh is it because like we we just pointed out that he was involved in some of our best moments, right? So it's like it's one of those like he can produce great moments from nowhere. I think now that he's moved to RSL, it's seeing can he do it? You know, with you know, you know, thirty year olds who are. 100% of the way there physically, right? Like he has room to build and he will probably need to do so. But I, I think for him right now, at least technically, like he'll be fine, I think. I want to say these four players are the reason we played the soccer we played in this tournament. It's these four guys. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, yeah I, I'm stock up on all of them with, you know, the, the physical caveats for basically all of them. And, uh, and we'll see what happens with Securus. Although I, I guess he seems like he's gonna be he's gonna be decent in the cage as he gets nigh on to twenty years old. I, I was just gonna say, go, just going back to Alvarado, like he's that dude, he's that dude, and and, and gets the official uh, the, the the official Tim Tillman award of uh, being extremely <laughs> extremely nice. <laughs> oh. But but yeah, man. Like, and, and and I'm happy he played the, as a six this game because like we we saw him like receiving the ball a lot and just his abilities on the half turn or whatever. I didn't I didn't know he had the the ability to spray it the way that he did. Right. Um, so so yeah, man. He's he's he's. Yeah. Nice. Did you guys see his interview after the Honduras game too? He's just like the nicest. He's the nicest kid. Just like yeah. <laughs> He didn't, I didn't see it, but he just, that seems like his personality. Like he just seems like a super cool guy. Um, they all do for the most part. I, I think. Like even seeing Luna in that, uh, the, like the get to know your teammate thing, that was funny as well. Uh, but I, I think I hate using the term "you're already" because I feel like that's kind of weird and can often be misused. But I think in terms of like just a passing point of view, both Alvarado, who's already in Portugal, and McGlynn have that kind of like european-esque passing about them like it's not it's not just like do the conventional you know traditional stuff they can do stuff that is is on another level i think there's a twitter account called it's called soccer that 
posted a video comparing McGlynn's disguised passing to Mesut Ozil and um and Sergio Busquets, and it's like the the likeness is uh, remarkable between the way he passes the ball and the way those guys do, you know, at their when he does it at his best, when they're at their best. It's just the difference of level, you know. That's what we gotta we gotta mm-hmm. see. Yeah. I uh, like I said on I think on an earlier poly seeing McGlynn live in person was like a different thing for me just in like the way that he uses space and you know it, it's just it's next level I think just obviously those the athleticism part of it like we said that's the difference yeah he he's also he also definitely leads the team in shoulder checks per ninety his his head is constantly moving same with Alvarado's pretty good at that too right yeah yeah totally. It's it's man, it's like you take the player for what they are, right? But man, it's it's just like such a bummer that McGlynn isn't like ten percent more athletic. It's like he'd just be like a world beater at that point, but you know, he still might be. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. So let's move on to yeah, we'll see. Let's move on to the, to the wingers, um, at least the guys who played primarily on the wing in this tournament. That it being uh, Caden Clark. Cade Cowell, Tyler Wolf, and Quinn Sullivan. Uh, I guess we could jo- throw Jackson Hopkins in there as well. Um, Hopkins didn't really have to do much in the tournament. Um, you know, we, this we talked about him a little bit in this game, and this is basically the entirety of his minutes. So, um, Clark Cowell and Sullivan, guys who were a little bit like more known quantities than than the others going in. Um, what did we think about the tournament that that CCCC, Caden Clark, Kate Cowell together? Oh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, so so Kate, Kate, yeah, yeah, Kate Cowell, man. I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not gonna say too much, but but, but, the, <laughs> but the stock is the stock is down. All right, the stock is down, and uh, I mean. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I mean, if if you gave me a Jackson Jackson Hopkins Kate Cal pick for for this U twenty team, I would have to think about it. Mm. I ain't gonna lie wow. to you. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's the tough thing because the expect it's the expectations versus reality. The expectations were there for Cade because we know like his physicality is just it's unbelievable, um, and his just kind of I think verticality might be a good word for it. Um, I also think not playing in his natural position a ton for the Quakes so far this year, probably it's not helping anything for sure. You mean right back? But, yeah. <laughs> it left, he plays left back. He might have played on the right too, like left wing back. My gosh, man. Um, I, 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 go ahead. I agree. Stock down on Cowell. Uh, stock unchanged, maybe slightly down for Clark for me, just because I can't figure out. Uh, I can't figure out how, what, like, what he, I mean, I th- I know he excels at arriving in the box and like finding a way to get a good shot on on frame, but I don't know that his off ball intelligence is quite what it should be. Like, and he doesn't he doesn't find the ball enough. He's not going to cook anybody on the left wing. I'm with you on that. I I, I want to see more from him because we know that he has that big move queued up. We'll see if that ever comes to fruition. But I I also want to see him more for the first team for the Red Bulls and you know really when he starts getting consistent 
time there, I think starting time, that's when we start to, you know, look at him and, and start to evaluate that move to Europe. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Tyler Wolf and Quinn Sullivan. Tyler Wolf is kind of a, a guy who I, I, I didn't really get on the roster, kind of viewed him as like, there, I could probably name five kids in other MLS academies or on getting minutes in MLS Next Pro who I kind of view as more highly rated prospects. His younger brother, Owen, I think, potentially being one of them who as a, is getting more MLS minutes than him so far this season. But I think that given what I thought of him coming into the tournament, I think Tyler Wolf had a pretty good tournament. Clearly not the level of prospects some of these other guys are still, in my opinion. And I think... Um, the move that has lined up kind of shows that where he, he he's in talks right now to I forget what team it is exactly, but a uh, second division team in Belgium is it or the Netherlands? Yeah, yeah, uh, Belgium. Okay. Um. Yeah, but I, I mean, I thought he had a super solid tournament, and and one of those one of those guys I always appreciate who, even though he he may be technically limited, um, compared to some of his teammates, um totally like understands his role and is able to to fit the system and, and get move the ball around to his teammates effectively. Yeah. Yeah. That wolf family is that's, that's a success. If success could be embodied in a family, man, that's crazy. But yeah, I I'm with you. I, I think he, the, the thing with me is like he could, that role could have been filled with like a traditional nine. That was the only thing for me. Like he doesn't really, he's not a big body if you know what I mean, but I think that he played well, and obviously in the final, scoring the goal, I think that that'll write a lot of the, um, you know, concerns that people might have had because you know goals fix everything. I guess. What did you think about uh, as a Philly fan? What did you think about Quinn Sullivan's tournament as a whole? I I love when our guys score goals and assist goals. Like that warms my heart. But at the same time, Quinn also did it against teams that aren't, you know. The, the the top brass i guess at this level so i like him i think he's a good player i think it will continue to contribute for the union i feel like that that goal number if you're just looking off that is slightly inflated but at the same time like he's a, he's a solid player and I, I i'm not gonna degrade him at all i think like scoring six goals is still scoring six goals i would have liked to see him do a little bit more as the tournament got later in terms of just like his his total actions but I still love him. Yeah. Right. I I think he's he's a Wolf's a useful player uh for this team obviously and Sullivan is an even more useful player. I just uh you know, I'm not that not that excited about either of them. Just excited for, for them to be useful for this this team which they are. <laughs> yeah. Right. Last but not um, last but not least, yeah, very much. Last but not least, our <laughs> starting number nine, Paxton Aronson, um, basically impossible to be anything but stock up here, yeah. right? Golden boot. able score, golden boot, yeah, uh, exceptional uh, player in the final third. I think capable of putting the ball in the back of the net at a pretty high level and a pretty tremendous presser and counter presser as well. Yeah, he, it's one of those tournaments where, you know, you put him up top as a, as a slightly undersized, I'm not sure undersized, but he's not a traditional nine, but you, you trust the, you know, the pure soccer instincts to kick in and, you know, he showed why we love our false nines. 
That pass to Sakiris last night over the where he just scooped it over the back line. Yeah. That's it in a nutshell. Absolute class. Vince, you got anything on Aronson? No. I mean he's he's just a baller, man. He's just a he's just a baller. Uh definitely I mean, I mean, as high as I am on Alvarado, definitely cool with, uh, you know, it being a co-player of the tournament situation because, uh, yeah, I'm probably going to end up as high on Paxton as I am on uh, Alejandro. But uh, supposedly he goes by Alex is what I'm hearing. Is that right? Really? No. Supposedly. Supposedly. Don't quote me. I'm still, I'm still fascinated with this Costa Rica game where, you know, uh, nobody really, nobody looked the same in that game as they have in the other games. You know, in our ability to possess and combine through the middle, the space was getting closed down, and you know, some player like McGlynn was just like non-existent in that game, right? Um, yeah, and, and uh, Luna, Luna too. too, and Alvarado was didn't wasn't his sharpest. So um, I'm fascinated by that performance and. You know whether it was a wake up call to us, or whether that was that was just the hardest test and we couldn't pass it. Uh, I'm not sure what the answer is, but I'm just I'm just it asking questions over highest. here. I'm just asking questions over here. <laughs> right. It was certainly the highest level midfield we played into, right? Where that yeah. that Costa Rican number eight, I, for, I forget his name, but the one who had played minutes with the senior team. That kid is a legitimate talent. Um, and there's a couple. Uh, yeah, I think, it's, I okay. think that sounds yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Um. So yeah, I mean, it makes sense for things not to be not to have been so easy in that game, I guess. But it also kind of points to, you know, that this thing where it's like, is this is the football that we saw in this tournament repeatable, right? Against against higher level of competitions, and and that's what I was mentioning like Mexico falling out of the tournament early if there's if there's any downside to that it's that we didn't really get to see uh we didn't really get the the challenge that um I would like to have going going into the to U20 World Cup so hopefully we get some good friendlies Mexico's but not a ch- problem Mexico's there. not a challenge anymore <laughs> I mean hey it's kind of hard to disagree right it's winds are piling I mean, up yeah we keep having success. Um, any final thoughts kind of broadly for anyone, or we can kind of just wrap this up. Yeah. Could, couldn't have asked for more from the tournament. Super happy. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining me. And yeah, these last couple pods. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Yeah. It's a good time to be a U.S. soccer fan. Our senior team for on the men's side, we're champions of CONCACAF or U20 team on the women's side, world cup champions, uh, the youth teams as well. Man, there hasn't been a better time to be a fan of U.S. soccer than now. Happy 4th of July, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, we'll see you.